0: Ready for it because uh, we do by pretty fast. I plan to be home uh, sometime toward the end of the week. We've got uh, some orders that have been awaiting and should hopefully all be delivered by Tuesday. At least that's the plan. And uh, should be headed home soon after that. So, anyway, it'll be nice to be back home again. In the meantime, This world is not much of a home for many people anymore, and it's getting worse day by day. We've been going through several chapters in Isaiah showing the various nations and peoples and what God plans to do to them. Uh, He tells us to not fear them, but to fear him. And then he gives us many, many scriptures, various chapters here and there throughout the prophecies, Uh, to show us what he's going to do to those peoples and even what he's going to do to the people of this country uh, first and foremost really but to those who obey and serve him he promises that he will take care of us and that we have nothing to worry about so that's a comforting thought let's get down to chapter 20 now uh Here he says, in the year that Tartan came to Ashdod, uh, when Sargon, the king of Assyria, sent him and uh, fought against Ashdod and took it. So here you have the Assyrian active again here in the end time. Uh, First, one of his ancient history is something that occurred back then, but this is also a prophecy for things that will happen uh, very shortly now. The Assyrian making his move. And in one way, the kingdom of Assyria is already making a move, I think, in the Ukraine, uh, and that is fast spreading day by day and week by week into uh, what is becoming World War III. It's just that it happens incrementally, a little at a time, like building a small fire, and then uh, somebody here and somebody there throws another log on, and first thing you know, you have a blazing inferno. And that's what's happening is it spreads little by little and gets bigger and bigger. So here we have the Assyrian making a move. And he says, at the same time, spoke the eternal by Isaiah, the son of Amoz, saying, Go and loose the sackcloth from off your loins and put off your shoe from your foot. And he did so walking naked and barefoot. And the eternal said, Like as my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot three years for a sign and wonder upon Egypt and on Ethiopia, so shall the king of Assyria lead away the Egyptians' prisoners and the Ethiopians' captives, young and old, naked and barefoot, even with their buttocks uncovered, to the shame of Egypt. So God had Isaiah... Go barefoot naked for three years as a sign of what he was going to do. So God gives us uh, many signs, many indications of what he plans. And all of these scriptures that we're reading and have been reading now for
1: many years
0: are about those things that he is going to do. So this one is about primarily Ethiopia and Egypt. It may not mean the whole world as sin, but it can. But it can also be some of those uh, desert countries and, and Arabs uh, that are around the Near East, uh, the Middle East. We'll see just how far it spreads. But the next chapter is definitely it appears uh, to be about the Arab peoples. The inhabitant of this isle shall say in that day, Behold, such is our expectation, whether we plead or help to be delivered from the king of Assyria, and how shall we escape? So even as Isaiah went naked, uh, they realized that they are going to be stripped, and the king of Assyria is going to send them into captivity with their hands on their heads and their buttocks uncovered. That's what some nations in this end time, have to look forward to. And in chapter 21, I think he expands this, um, the burden of the desert of the sea. Uh, the desert representing, of course, uh, wild wilderness areas where not much is going on, and the sea represents peoples. But this could be desert area where there are also seas around. And I think it's speaking primarily of that area and around North Africa and in the Middle East, where you do have seas, but you have deserts as well on a, on a physical level, but you also have uh, those peoples who live in that kind of territory. As whirlwinds in the south pass through, so it comes from the desert, from a terrible land. So the trouble that he's speaking of here uh, is centered around and comes from the desert. And he says, The grievous vision is declared to me. The treacherous dealer deals treacherously, and the spoiler spoils. So people, not doing what they ought to be doing, but destroying and spoiling and being treacherous. He says, Go up, O Elam, besiege, O media, all the sighing thereof have I made to cease. So these are peoples of the Middle East, it would appear, the Medians, the Persians, the Elamites. Therefore, are my loins filled with pain. Pains have taken hold uh, upon me as the pains of a woman that travails. I was bowed down at the hearing of it, I was dismayed at the seeing of it. So something terrible on its way, like a woman giving birth, and it brought dismay and fear. My heart panted. Fearfulness abridged me. The night of my pleasure has returned into fear to me. So people who thought they were getting along all right and uh, had pleasures all been turned around and they are now fearful so he says prepare the table watch from the watchtower eat drink arise you princes and anoint the shield for thus says the eternal or has the eternal said to me go set a watchman let him declare what he sees so he says you people do what you're doing but God has sent a watchman to tell you what's coming And he saw a chariot with a couple of horsemen, a chariot of asses, a chariot of camels. And he hearkened diligently diligently with much E, paying close attention, because these are war machines. You think of chariots with horsemen, rarely do you consider a chariot of asses or camels, and that would indicate a desert area as well. And he cried, A lion! My Lord, I stand continually upon the watchtower in the daytime, and I'm set in my ward whole nights. And behold, here comes a chariot of men with a couple of horsemen, and he answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and all the graven images of our gods he is broken to the ground. Now we read in Revelation eighteen, Isaiah forty eight, nine, uh, and other places how Babylon will fall, and I think we've clearly been able to establish that the United States represents the leader of Babylon at this time, and of course the whole world of Satan is going to fall, as we'll see later. But in the sense of timing, perhaps the United States will have fallen. Uh, It does appear from many scriptures that we are the start of the falling of the nations, The Gentiles primarily want to destroy Israel, and whether they recognize who Israel is or not, um, I don't really know. Israel does not recognize who Israel is. I don't know how many Americans you could question before you find one who said, America is part of Israel. They're few and far between. And the same in Western Europe, you could ask people, who are you? And uh, a very, very few would have the idea that they were part of Israel, part of the 12 tribes. So if we don't know who we are. Maybe others don't either. Uh, but the target, then, is any uh, white male uh, of Europe or of America. And the women and children, of course, line up as well, but... The Gentiles are trying to destroy Israel. That is a matter of history, and it is a matter of prophecy, and God says it is going to happen, and the Gentiles will have their time, three and a half years, 42 months, in which they will rule. So when they take down America, that's the beginning of taking down of all Israel. And as we see today, uh, it may be pretty much all Israel together because the nations of Western Europe are in as bad a shape or worse in some ways right now than even this nation is. So it's all coming to pass kind of together. Anyway, uh, where, where was I here? The Bible has failed, has fallen, in verse 9, and all the graven images of our gods have been broken to the ground. Everything that we worship here, our American way of life, our cities, our uh, society, our culture, our music, our sports, everything that we have set aside as our things we follow, as gods, will be destroyed. O oh, my threshing and the corn of my floor, that which I have heard of the Eternal of Hosts, the God of Israel, have I declared to you. Uh, things being threshed uh, like you would on a threshing floor. The burden of uh, Duma he calls to me, and out of fear, Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? What's coming? People will say, "What's going to happen at night?" The Watchman said, that "The morning comes, and also the night. It's both coming, morning and night. Not just the night. If you will inquire, inquire you. Return, come. So there's a call here to people to for people to call or return to that which is right." But he says it is the burden upon Arabia. In the forest of Arabia shall you lodge, O ye traveling companies of uh, Dedanum. The inhabitants of the land of Tema brought water to him that was thirsty. Uh, they prevented with their bread him that fled. Prevented means helped. But Tema uh, is of Keturah, from Abraham, uh, one of Ishmael's sons. I misspoke, I think, last week. I got to thinking. Uh, I said that Ishmael was the Keturah and Noah was with Hagar. I get Abraham's women mixed up, I guess. Uh, so anyway, the burden upon Arabia, the Arabic people, and some here are willing to help. For they fled from the swords, and from the drawn sword, and from the bent bow, and from the grievousness of war. So we see here that the Arabic peoples, after apparently Babylon has fallen, also fall into hard times, and uh, maybe it's the Assyrian coming after them, it appears. For they fled from the swords, from the drawn sword, and from the bent bow, and from the grievousness of war. You might recall there in in Daniel 11 that there's a lot of back and forth fighting between the king of the north and the king of the south, and one gets the upper hand, and the other gets the upper hand, and it goes on there for a while, and this could be in reference to some of that as well. For thus has the Eternal said to me, within a year, according to the years of an hireling, and all the glory of Kadar shall fall. So, a a short war, short captivity in that sense, or at least a war to cause captivity. And Kadar was a son of Ishmael, or, as we understand it, the Arabic peoples. And the residue of the number of archers, the mighty men of the children of Kadar, shall be diminished, for the eternal God of Israel has spoken it. Well, there's another one you can cross off your list. You don't have to worry about the Arabs coming after us. Uh, We will fall to the Assyrian and that consortium of nations that is being built at the moment. And then uh, some of these other nations are going to be warring among themselves. Then in chapter 22, we have the burden of the Valley of Vision. What ails you now that you are wholly gone up to the housetops? The valley of vision will see you as a vision for Jerusalem. Uh, you that are full of stirs, a tumultuous city, a joyous city, your slain men are not slain with the sword nor dead in battle. All your rulers are fled together, they are bound by the archers, All that are bound in you are bound together, which have fled from far. Therefore said I, Look away from me. I will weep bitterly, labor not to comfort me, because of the spoiling of the daughter of my people. For it is a day of trouble, and of treading down, and of perplexity by the Lord God of hosts in the valley of vision, breaking down the walls, and of crying to the mountains." And Ehielam bare the quiver with chariots of men and horsemen, and Kir uncovered the shields. And it shall come to pass that your choicest valleys shall be full of chariots, and the horsemen shall set themselves in array at the gate, so prepared to attack. And he discovered the covering of Judah, and you did look in that day to the armor of the house of the forest. The uh, military, the protection that Israel thought it had, is, as we see it today, almost gone. we destroyed our own military ahead of time. Verse 9, you have seen also the breaches of the city of David, that they are many. And you gathered together the waters of the lower pool. So, an assessment was made... Of what was there, there wasn't a whole lot of military left, and there are many breaches in the walls of Jerusalem. Uh, We today see breaches all over our country. We have Chinese stationed on our southern border. We have Chinese and Russians on our northern border. We have uh, spies and treacherous people across the country, and we have our own people born and raised here we are also selling us out as Jeremiah clearly shows. So, you see all these troubles, you see the breaches of the city, and speaking to the leadership here, as we'll see here in a moment, and you have numbered the houses of Jerusalem, and the houses, have you broken down to fortify the wall? I don't know exactly what he means by that, but numbering had to do generally with how many soldiers you have, how big a military, uh, how do you stand out against other nations who might be coming against you? And it says you've broken down the houses uh, to fortify the wall. Now we see now the raising of interest rates. We are going to soon be kicked out of our houses and the corporate world is going to take over much of the wealth, the infrastructure of this country, and may use it to try to make some more armaments. But we seem to be making and selling armaments as fast as we can to the Ukraine and other people because there's a lot of corporate profit in that. And of course, the Pentagon and our own military is involved with it and in bed with the corporate people. seen these breaches, you've seen the problems and you gathered together the waters of the lower pool and you've numbered the houses of Jerusalem and the houses have you broken down to fortify the wall you made also a ditch between the two walls for the water of the old pool you're going on trying to have water here, have water there I don't know historically exactly what this is referring to but consolidating the water and moving it where you want it, and we today are facing great problems with water. And what are we going to do uh, to get water to our cities and so on? Um, so they go about trying to take care of things in the way that they see it, but there's a problem. Middle of verse 11. But you have not looked under the maker thereof, neither had respect to him that fashioned it long ago. God created the promised land. He created the spot where Jerusalem would be. Uh, He put Abraham there. He worked with that area through the generations. And here you you have people who are trying to come up with their own solutions without turning to God who made it. And that becomes a very serious problem. So he says, And in that day did the Lord God of hosts call to weeping and to mourning and to baldness and to girding with sackcloth. God says, Okay, you've got your solutions. You're not looking to me. I have the solutions. And you better get ready to do a lot of crying and weeping and yelling and wailing. And behold, joy and gladness slaying oxen and killing sheep, eating flesh, taking wine. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we shall die. So you see a people who's beginning to recognize they're in trouble. And I think that you could equate that to the United States right now. There is a growing number of people who are beginning to wake up to the fact we've been had. They're waking up to the fact that... uh, Disease is brought deliberately upon us, that we are being sold out to foreign countries. More and more people are becoming aware, and there's going to come a point where they're not going to do anything about it, they'll just continue to eat and drink. Um, We'll probably be in the middle of a nuclear holocaust, might as well be drunk when it happens, Kind of would seem to be the sense of this. Tomorrow we will die, and more people are beginning to realize, of course, that that war in the Ukraine is spreading, and that very, very easily could come to be a full-fledged world war. But what can you do about it? So they go on about their business and say, whatever will be, will be, instead of turning to their maker and saying, let's fix it. And that was revealed in my ears by the Lord of hosts. Surely this iniquity shall not be purged from you till you die, says the eternal God of hosts. You may be waking up to the reality of what's going on, but uh, the die is set, the judgment is made. You're not going to get out of it. Thus says the eternal God of hosts Go, get you to this treasure. Uh, even to Shebna which is over the house and say what do you have here? Uh, here is Shebna treasurer doesn't say king, but treasurer and uh, perhaps referring to the leaders of the economic situation in this country of uh, the feds uh, perhaps the chairman of the Fed who knows if it means anyone in particular, but certainly to someone who has a great deal to do with finances and the power of the country, which is currently being broken. And to those who are in that kind of position, trouble uh, stomach. Shebna means grow or growth. And our economic growth has stopped. And we are going backward now. Even Ghana wants to trade gold for oil instead of dollars. And this is something that is spreading. So, for those in charge of finances, watch out. What have you here? And whom have you here that from that you have showed thee out a sepulcher uh, as he that used him out of sepulchre on high, and that raised an habitation for himself in a rock. But here you're talking about people who think very highly of themselves. Uh, elite comes to mind. Uh, those who are rich and powerful and having to do with the finances and the money, uh, because that's what it often comes back to. But someone who is so proud they want to have their sepulchre high up on a hill, uh, built out of stone and rock, and maybe even have some light shining on it at night. Who knows? Because they think they're that important. Behold, the Eternal will carry you away with a mighty captivity and will surely cover you. So, God speaks in Zephaniah 1 and 2, and other places about a financial crash that is coming, and these people who think they're so powerful and so important, and are in control of the money, and call themselves elite, God is one to deal with. He will cover you. He will surely violently turn and toss you like a ball into a large country. There shall you die. And there the chariots of your glory shall be the shame of your Lord's house. So their military will have been destroyed, their economy destroyed, and they'll get tossed like a soccer ball, maybe, uh, into a large country, a big country, a powerful country then. And your glory will be shame. And I will drive you from your station... And from your state shall he pull you down. So the leaders of our nation, the leaders of the Israelites, uh, are going to be taken down and destroyed. We've seen several verses that indicate that one or more of our leaders will also be uh, die, be killed, probably. And here it indicates the powerful, the rich, as well. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah. Uh, Hilkiah, uh, Eliakim means the God of raising in Hebrew. Who is the God of raising, of resurrecting? Let's read on. I think it becomes quite clear. And I will clothe him with your robe, and strengthen him with your girdle, and I will commit your government into his hand. So, this one that God is appointing is going to take over from the governors, the leaders, the treasurers of this country. And he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. You read there in Revelation 3, where the Philadelphia church is one to be overseen uh, by the one who has the keys of David, the key of David. So, who will be Christ himself? So he shall open and none shall shut, and he shall shut and none shall open. Exact same language of Revelation 3 to have with Philadelphia. And I will fashion him as a nail in a sure place. And he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. This could be speaking of no one but Christ himself who is one to come and replace the rulers of the world that we have today uh, in high places. So they might as well expect to be tossed around and killed. And they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house. Our Father in heaven uh, as a Son, and all the glory of His house will be hung on Christ. The offspring and the issue, all vessels of small quantity, and the vessels of cups, even to all the vessels of flagons. So, large and small, everything will be under Him. In that day, says the Eternal Apostle, shall the nail that is fastened in the sure place be removed, and be cut down, and failed, And the burden that was upon us shall be cut off, for the eternal has spoken it. Now, those in Washington today, or in the EU, think that they have been hung on a nail in a sure place, and they can't be removed. So, the Democrats feel that they have now gotten in a place that they cannot be removed, because they fix all the elections. It wasn't any big deal to fix this last one because they had already fixed the one before. So they think they're in a pretty sure place. But Christ is going to be put in a sure place instead for a glorious throne to his father's house. So he will be replacing those who thought they were on a pretty sure nail. When he is placed there uh, he will have all power henceforth even forevermore. That's the words of the book of Revelation, so our leaders today might as well realize they are going to be replaced. Where I am right now, I now time wise I guess all I see up there, so let's go on to twenty three Tyre, how you ships departeth, or it is laid waste, so that there is no house, no entering in. To the land of Chittim, it is revealed to them. I've often thought that Tyre might be a representative of uh, New York City, uh, perhaps of Washington D.C., or the two of them combined, uh, because it is a financial uh, stronghold. And there's an awful lot of trade there, which we'll see as we go on down through here. And in fact, uh, Revelation 18 talks much about Babylon being destroyed, and that is the city or the nation that has been a great trader and has made all the nations of the world rich, uh, which clearly describes the United States. So when you combine that with this, Uh, Tyre might be a representative of the nation Uh, it also might be a representative of one or two cities who lead that nation all included (laughs) (laughs) so the burden of Tyre how you shift your partures for it is laid waste so that there is no house no entering in in the land of Shittim it is revealed to them now that. Revelation 18 talks of total destruction. And that's what it says here about being laid laid waste. No houses to go in and out of. Be still, you inhabitants of the island. You whom the merchants of Zidon that pass over the sea have replenished. Uh, the fact that it mentions an island here of uh, kind of... Con- Affirms, if not confirms to me that that could be speaking of, of Manhattan Island and New York. as a possibility. I don't know if that is absolutely true, uh, but it seems to kind of fit. So uh, we know what nation is talking of. The leadership of the nations of Israel are coming down, as is the nations overall. and they have been replenished by sea trade. And by great waters, the seed of Sihor, the harvest of the river, is her revenue, and she is the market of nations. So this pretty well describes uh, America as being the market of the nations. That's very quickly disappearing, but it has been. New York, London, uh, is another center, and that's of our brother Manasseh. So, both could be included there, perhaps. The market of the nations. Be you ashamed, O Zidon, for the sea has spoken, even the strength of the sea, saying, I prevail not, nor bring forth children, neither do I nourish up young men, nor bring up virgins. Uh, we basically stop producing. We don't have a new generation coming forward like we used to. We're killing our babies. We're destroying them uh, so that there's no one to carry on even if God allowed that. As at the report concerning Egypt, so shall they be sorely pained at the report of of Tyre. Bad news everywhere. Pass you over to Tarshish, how, you inhabitants of the island, is this your joyous city not the big apple, a joyous city, whose antiquity is of ancient days. Her own feet shall so carry her afar off to sojourn. Walking away, their buttocks uncovered, <laughs> I think. Who has taken your counsel against Hire, the crowning city, whose merchants are princes, whose traffickers are the honorable of the earth? For the most part, the biggest, the richest men and corporations are centered in Israel today. I mean, the real Israel, not that old one in the Middle East, but London, New York, Paris, and so on. The Lord of hosts has purposed it, to stain the pride of all glory and to bring into contempt all the honorable of the earth. So before this is done, all those who consider themselves elite, the billionaires that think they have their retreats all made and they're going to be fine while the rest of us die, uh, are going to be taken care of. God is going to solve that problem. (laughs) He tells them they're going to die. He tells us we can live. We have to make that choice. Our goal now is not to worry about them or to fear them. Our goal is to get close to God. Uh, See, he even said here a little earlier, did he not, that you're doing your thing, but you're not turning to the God who created all this. So our goal and our purpose now should be more in getting close to God and developing our relationship. With him than it is worrying about the elite of this world and what they might be planning or going to do. Because God has told us already in here what they plan, what they will accomplish, and then what he's going to do to them as a result of it. So there's only one to fear, and that is God. We do not need to fear anything or anybody else If we're close to him, we'll be taken care of. We will be praying to him, watching him, uh, more than watching this world and what it's doing, because we know where that's going, and it's nothing to be concerned or worried about. Uh, Of those places where it talks about watching, it's talking about watching God, looking to God. For the most part, you examine those in context, and that's what we're to be concerned about, and what we're to be watching is the beginnings of what God is doing um, to prepare for the kingdom of God. His people coming together, Him protecting them, Him using them to build His temple and His city. Uh, There's our focus, is God and His work and what we can do to help it and not worry about this world. That's why he tells us that in Isaiah 7 and 8, and all through it, really. He constantly is saying, turn to me, turn to me, find me, seek me. Um, we're watching for God. I spend more time by far watching at what God might be beginning to do than I do about what this world and its elites or beginning to do, or planning to do. Because I already know what's going to happen to them, and I know what will happen to me if I don't turn to God and watch for Him. That's where our focus should be. Um, I'll lose my place here. I quit on them, Tim. Oh, yeah. Anyway, pass through your land as a river, O daughter of Tarshish. There is no more strength. Our strength as a nation is gone. We destroyed our military. We destroyed our economy. We destroyed our agriculture. We destroyed our children. Uh, There's no strength left. He stretched out his hand over the sea. He shook the kingdoms. The Eternal has given a commandment against the Merchant City to destroy the strongholds thereof. Uh, I would get out of a Merchant City where I am one, be it L.A., New York, uh, London. Not a good place to be. There are other Merchant Cities. He uses maybe one higher, which could be New York or London or both, to represent all of them, really. And he said, you shall no more rejoice, O you oppressed virgin daughter of Zidon. Arise, pass over to Chittim, there also shall you have no rest. So, if you get up and go somewhere else, you're going to find no rest there, no matter what. You know, we have people who think they need to get out of America uh, because it says to flee from Babylon. Well, how does that help? If you're an American and you go anywhere in this world, which is set on destroying all uh, Israelites, what are you going to find there? You'll be oppressed there and killed there just as much as here. So if you go somewhere else, you'll not find any rest there either. And what the ones who read those scriptures about fleeing from Babylon and getting out of babylon miss is Micah 4. They look at the other scriptures about getting out of it, and they say, well, America's Babylon, i got to get out of it. And yet Micah says, get out of the city and go dwell in the field, even in Babylon. So he does indicate that we are to move, but it is to be within Babylon and away from the cities thereof. <laughs> so Philippines or Honduras or Chile or... Um, or wherever you choose, this is going to work for you. It says here, You shall also have no rest. Behold the land of the Chaldeans. This people was not until the Assyrian founded it for them to dwell in the wilderness. They set up the towers thereof, they raised up the palaces thereof, and he brought it to ruin. <laughs> so whatever you build? If you going to help. Chaldeans, Babylon, same thing. How do you ships of Tarshish? for well, your strength is laid waste. Worldwide trade is going to be suspended. Just as Revelation 18 clearly shows the merchants were going to sit in their ships and cry and wail because they have no market anymore. And it should come to pass in that day. The Tyre shall be forgotten seventy years according to the days of one king, after the end of seventy years shall Tyre sing as an harlot. <coughs> Excuse me. Take a harp, go about the city, you harlot that had been forgotten, make sweet melody, sing many songs that you may be remembered. And it shall come to pass after the after the end of seventy years that the eternal will visit Sire, and he shall turn to her higher, and shall commit for, and shall and she shall turn to her higher, and commit fornication with all the kingdoms of the world upon the face of the earth. Now, what do we make of this? Seventy years. You may recall I've talked quite a bit about the 70 years of Zechariah 1, where it says, after 70 years of basically captivity and not being blessed really by God, what are you going to do? Uh, or is it going to be all right? And it says right there that God says, yes, I'll remember Jerusalem I'm going to build it back. It'll all be taken care of. Don't worry about it. And I've equated that time beginning in 1947, when Herbert Armstrong uh, started building a college to go out and make church houses throughout the land. So, he was training a ministry so that he could have churches everywhere. He had frustrations in Oregon going out on his little uh, tent campaigns or whatever, and a lot of people showed some interest. And then, when he went back home and left them alone, they fell apart. They had no one to lead them, to teach them, to guide them, and so on. So he determined to move to a city of merchants, which turned out to be Pasadena, LA area, and from there, build the churches across the land and around the world. Now, that equates very closely to Jeremiah. But Jeremiah it says it's going to be a long cavity, captivity, build houses, uh, set up normal society as much as you can. It isn't going to be a short time, it's going to be 70 years. And there was another prophet there, not of God, who said, no, it's going to be a short captivity. Just sit on your hands and wait, it'll all be over and everything will be fine. And that prophet died the Jeremiah's came true. Through, through. Even Daniel said that he knew the 70 years were up because he had read about it in the book of Jeremiah and counted 70 years. Well, if you take 1947, when that captivity in Babylon, as I see it, began, how do I mean that? Uh, were we a church that could operate fairly freely? Yes, but didn't we spend all those years, from the time I can remember, as early as 1953, didn't we spend all that time saying we need to get out of here, we need to go to Petra, we need to leave here, when are we going to Petra? And then we dreamed about airplanes and all kinds of things, and people even thought maybe God would divide the Atlantic Ocean and we could walk to Petra. All kinds of theories came up. And how are we going to flee from the nation that we were in, which was allegedly a free nation, which really wasn't the case. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse and more oppressive as time has gone on. But for all those years, we were pining to go to a place of safety and hope that we would be protected for three and a half years while the two witnesses preached to the world and the end would come. And Herbert Armstrong considered himself the Rubber Bell, which turned out he was a minor type of, I think, uh, but not the final one, and he certainly didn't preach the gospel around of the world, and then the end of the end come. Here we are, working on our fourth decade since he died, and the end hasn't come yet. But there are still old men around who saw worldwide at its peak. And not many left now, it's getting to be fewer. But here we were, pining away, trying to get out of this captivity of the world, which is what our culture and society has been, and have freedom to obey God without oppression from anyone, anywhere. So we went those years, and if you take 1947, when that effort began... Add seventy to it, seventy years to it, you come to twenty seventeen. And we saw in twenty seventeen that eclipse will across our nation at noon, as Amos says, and that was, I believe, the final judgment passed on this nation. And it was also four hundred and thirty years to the a month away, four hundred and thirty years since God put us in this country with a settlement that survived until 2017, uh, 430 years from Roanoke. <laughs> and then God said shortly after that would come death and destruction. Ezekiel says it'll be soon. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming about a dozen times. And it won't be like the echoing again of the hills, but it's coming soon, at the end of the 430 years. That came to pass in 2017 in the fall, in July. And then the beginning of the college in 1947 began in uh, probably September, end of August, September of that year as well. So we have some markers that indicate uh, that tire would begin to have problems (laughs) at the end of 70 years. I believe that to be the same 70 years that I just described. Because if her judgment was passed in 2017, then uh, uh, that has been tightening down. We've been having quite a lot of trouble from that time on. God said it would wind up with a lot of dead people there in Amos before it was done. And it was at the end of 2019, that this COVID thing was unleashed on us, which was an instrument of death, uh, about two years later when that occurred, and he said that Ephraim would not be a country after about 65 years in that prophecy in uh, Isaiah 7. And if you count the Bilderberger meeting, which was a conspiracy to destroy America, beginning in 1954 when they had their first meeting, Sixty-five years later is 2019. And that's when they unleashed death on us in a very uh, real way. So our strength is gone, and from that point forward, America has not been a nation of peoples. It's been a nation of mass, fearful, scared people. And once that was unleashed and started, We've become more and more and more divided, day by day, until today. We we couldn't get together a nation here to run a proper dog race. Uh, we just are that divided, and nothing to be feared from. We destroyed our military, we sold ourselves out to our enemies, and they know that. I think they're very aware they don't need to destroy us with a nuclear war. Our buddies in Washington have already sold us out to them, and they're just waiting, biding their time, until we are so weak and so destroyed that they can just waltz in and take over. They don't have to worry about destroying an infrastructure. (laughs) I do not believe nuclear annihilation is in our future whatsoever. And I get that from Scripture. Uh, Ezekiel said very clearly in that context of the 430 years that we would die one-third of famine and pestilence. That's not nuclear. Uh, one-third by the sword. That's not nuclear. And one-third taken captive. And that's not nuclear. And a sword after them. So it is going to be done in more conventional ways. They are bringing famine and pestilence on us as we speak as they destroy agriculture, as they destroy uh, everything that makes a nation run, and at the same time, they're unleashing uh, diseases which are killing some, and as it, as it advances, it's going to kill a whole lot more. So it's happening in that way. And there'll be a time then when we have civil war, as Jeremiah also shows, And then the United Nations or the Assyrian and whoever is all allied together will simply come in and take over. The Chinese did not want this nation and its infrastructure destroyed. They want every American dead, but they don't want the infrastructure destroyed. They want to use it. And the same with the other nations allied with Russia and the BRICS, which is growing very rapidly. you don't worry about nuclear need to hang it up and listen to scripture instead anyway let's get back to uh, the scripture 70 years according to the days of one king and Tyre will sing as a harlot well uh, do we see Washington do we see New York do we see London uh, trying to sell themselves out to other governments. It's become very open and very clear that Hunter Biden and others, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, others, have sold themselves out to the communists, to China, uh, to Russia. Uh, Their leaders, for the most part, of the various nations around the world have been trained by the World Economic Forum, Trudeau in Canada and macaroni in France and all these people have been trained by Klaus Schwab and he just recently came out and said that uh, they're going to take it all over that's their plan so we're selling ourselves out to anyone who will have us that's where we are and I I mean Ezekiel 16 describes that as well we're Uh, Israel and America are the great whore. And Revelation 18 says the same thing. The great whore of Babylon or America, the leader of Babylon at at the moment. So there we are prostituting ourselves to these other nations, just like Revelation 18 very clearly indicates and that we'll be destroyed as a result of it. This fits in perfectly with that. After the end of 70 years, that the Eternal will visit Tyre. So sometime after the 70 years is over, and I say that there is a little bit of wiggle room there, (laughs) because even Ezekiel said that after the 430 years was up, there would be a short space of time before the destruction would actually hit. And he said, it's near, it's soon, it's coming, it's here, it's noon, I mean, it's coming over and over again. Twelve or fourteen times he said that. So, there's a little time after judgment is made, 2017, uh, after the 430 years ended, 2017, uh, for these things to begin to truly take place in a large way, and the same was true, even of the original seventy years of captivity that Jeremiah spoke of and Daniel spoke of. It was three or four years later before they were able to get things together to get permission to move things from uh, the Middle East back over here to begin building the temple and to build Jerusalem. So there was was a time lapse. It wasn't exactly seventy years when they left Babylon but two or three years later. So God gives a little room after passing judgment, and certain signs occur until things truly hit. And that's what we've been going through since 2017, is that period of time. So after the end of 70 years, and doesn't specify exactly how much after, that he will visit Tyre. And she she shall turn to her hire, and shall commit fornication with all the kingdoms of the world upon the face of the earth. And her merchandise and her hire shall be holiness to the eternal. It shall not be treasured nor laid up. For her merchandise shall be for them that dwell before the eternal, to eat sufficiently and for durable clothing. So God is going to visit and destroy Tyre, Babylon, America, and the European nations, and what is left is going to eventually be given to God's people to eat and durable clothing. That will be done by Eliakim, Christ himself, as we read about in chapter 22, who will be fastened in a sure place and will rule the world for a thousand years. And all the produce of this nation then will not be in the hands of the Chinese and the Assyrian and whoever, but in the hands of Christ, who will begin to give it to his own people, which will be, ultimately, all the peoples of the earth who will obey him. That's where it's all going to go. That doesn't mean that once God gives his treasures to the church, and we build a temple and build Jerusalem, But he's not going to turn those things over to the Gentiles for a short time. He will, because they will take over the temple in Jerusalem and defile it, which is the signal for God's people to go to Zion. And you don't go into the temple to gather up the treasures to take to Zion. You don't go back in your house for your wallet. Uh, When you see those Armies gathering about Jerusalem, you flee immediately. So everything will be left behind and turned over to the Gentiles. And uh, Daniel 11 shows right at the end of the chapter that the rulers will come, will set up their throne in the glorious holy mountain, in the true Jerusalem, and they will have all those treasures. And God will allow that for 42 months. And then their end will come. The three and a half years that the gospel is being preached around the world. So this ties in, I think, with the time element very nicely with these other scriptures that we've looked at in the past. And the 70 years probably started in 1947. Same time Jeremiah and Daniel were talking about. And at the end of those 70 years, we find this nation prostituting itself, selling herself to all the nations of the world. That is being done today. It's in process. And God is about to visit us for that and bring about our destruction. So I think that's enough for today. You go to chapter 24, and it talks about the whole earth. We've had... Burdens here are things that are about to happen to different countries, peoples, and nations. And then he expands it in chapter 24 to show that his anger and his destruction is going to come upon the whole earth. And God willing, we'll get to that next week. So that will be all for today.